What's good, Anchor? It's Sunday morning. Hope everybody is feeling good, ready for the week ahead. Um, got the gang face on. Uh, one of the things that I was doing, uh, perusing the social media this morning, and I came across a quote. I spend a lot of time, like Sundays is kind of like my reflection day. Um, I'm not a religious person or anything, but um, it's a day that I use to kind of regroup um, for the week ahead, um, kind of go over um, things that I've accomplished during the week, things that I wanted to accomplish and that are going on the list for next week, things that I feel really good about, um, other things that I look at and say, oh, what could that have gone better? Um, so just really a reflection day on Sundays. And so I came across um, a quote, and it just really... It really kind of struck a chord with me. Um, it hit a lot of parallels, actually. It uh, struck a chord with me uh, because of a lot of conversations that I've been having recently and um, just things that have just culminated in my life. I'm coming through uh, what has been like a really crazy heavy period um, going on close to a decade. Just It seemed like, you know how you get those things, what I always call the domino effect, where it's like one thing will happen and then it's like pop, pop, pop just one thing after another and it just like it just gets crazier and crazier and so you know you and as, as you're recovering from one craziness or one mishap then something else happens like kind of like if you think of like bookcases toppling in the library and it's like so hit one of those uh, patches another interesting thing I was talking to a friend um, who is a um, kind of like an expert on astrology, really deep. I kind of dabble just for like my own personal thing, but this is a person who's really well-versed and they were, we were discussing um, a common uh, thing that occurs usually between the ages of like 28 and 30 and that in um, astrological terms is considered a Saturn return. And it's usually kind of where you get that first big uh, crazy thing like in your life, your first big real obstacle or a challenge that you kind of have to um, really kind of use all of who you are to fix it or maneuver it or shift it in a different direction. And it's usually something big and crazy. For me, my Saturn return was um, the uh, dissolution of my marriage. Um, found out that my husband was cheating. So it kind of was like a, it's a lightning bolt kind of thing that makes you realize that big changes are required in your life. Usually you hit it um, from what my friend was saying, usually that 28 to 30 year period is your first Saturn return. And apparently we have them um, like every um, 20 to 30 years. There are kind of evolutions in your life. And it kind of follows along the same way with... Um, if you're not into astrology, like with our um, with the life cycles and growth uh, cycles, the way we hit adolescence, then we hit into adulthood, then we hit that middle age period. So it's these these evolutions. See, I try and tell people it's all of it. Whether you call it woo woo, whether you call it science, it really all just explains the same thing life but so from you know more medical or scientific uh, terms it's her uh, at a prepubescence and adolescence and as we hit midlife but all of it kind of describes just those peaks that we hit um in our lives those milestones that we hit the um the growth periods our growth spurts that we hit and sometimes that growth feels good and exhilarating and exciting other times the growth comes through like really devastating or challenging situations or obstacles in in life so um 
but all of it kind of takes us to um, the next level of uh, growth, the next level of evolution. And I always tell people that. People think that once you're into the personal growth thing, that life just changes automatically. Things do shift. Your perspective on life is what changes. The way that you handle, the way that you react to situations changes. But we always have those evolutions. Like you might have in your 20s had a relationship problems. So maybe in your 30s and 40s, you have solved those relationship problems that you had in your 20s, but you're still going to experience relationship problems. They'll just evolve as you do. Like maybe you have... Um, yeah, so it just, it evolves. Like maybe even in the type of jobs that you had in your 20s, it'll evolve or your skills will evolve in a way that you will expand into your 30s and your 40s. But just evolution, man, steps in the... As I'm perusing uh, through uh, social media this morning and looking at some of the streams, and I came across this quote that, um, to me, sums up um, everything that I speak about when I talk about the bounce back. Um, to me, one of the most important and valuable tools that you could ever have in your personal growth or your life toolbox, and that's the uh, power of resilience, the ability to literally get back up and keep moving no matter what life throws at you. And, um, I've been fortunate enough, and I and I will say under some not so fortunate circumstances, but I've been fortunate enough to really develop um, my resilience to a kind of an outstanding threshold, um, which is not always that great in some situations because it has allowed me to continue to deal with certain situations longer than is necessary because I do have that bounce back mentality and that I can get through anything, but. Um, I talk about the bounce back a lot because when you when you have that resilience, when you know that no matter what happens, that you can get back and keep moving and move through any of the nonsense, you can't be stopped. It's like it doesn't matter how much money, like there are things that you can that resilience can allow you to to do that money can't. And the thing is that when you can develop that level of resilience, when you can develop that bounce back, then you outlast the bullshit. You outlast no matter what people are throwing at you. I spent the past decade of my life um, trying to get out from under somebody else's um, beliefs and ideas about who I was, um, what type of person I was, the lifestyle that I lived. Um, I had people in a vicious, vile, and very cruel way dig deep into my past, my personal life, my finances, my relationships. Um, a lot of people who I don't know, who have never met, simply... And who, under different circumstances, might have actually enjoyed the person that I am. But because of a deep and ingrained hostility that I do not believe in the same way that they do. So that has allowed my entire life and everything that I've contributed on any level to just my existence. It's been discounted simply because I don't believe 
the way another group of people believes and that because I'm not willing to buy into their beliefs, whether it's through purchasing a program, tithing or whatever, I'm not interested in buying into those beliefs. So I've been shut down on a lot of levels. And the thing is, and I don't think that they realize, I'm very deeply rooted and grounded in the bounce back, in resilience. And um, it's the one thing that maybe they hadn't actually counted on and maybe didn't realize that when you try to bury somebody alive because you don't like what they're saying, they just come back louder and more powerful and more effective because they're living what they believe in and they're living what they're teaching others. And it's like, so it's kind of hard to stop that type of person. I'm, I always say I'm, I'm unstoppable because I don't believe in stopping. It's kind of like if you're in a swamp. And it's like when you have that bounce back, when you have resilience developed well, when it's hardy, then you look to the other end of that swamp. And as long as you can see the other side of it, you just keep going. It's like you might look and go, uh-oh, here's a little, uh, let me avoid this uh, quicksand spot right here. Um, let me walk around this soggy patch right here because it might slow me down uh, let me use this stick that's out here to trip me up let me use it as leverage so I can climb over this um, a marshy part right here but it never occurs to you to stop just like with me it never occurs to me and that's why I encourage everybody do not allow outside beliefs and and what other people think you're capable of to ever stop you why would you allow that? There's 8 billion people or more on the planet. If you're in a circle of people who do not see you in your highest light, don't believe that you can do what you say that you can do, that you can accomplish what you believe that has been put in your heart, find another group of people to hang out with. But don't ever stop assuming that you can't accomplish what you believe in. Don't take your eyes off of the other side of the swamp. And don't bother looking down to see the mud suckers that are at your feet. Just keep moving forward. That's the bounce bag. That's what I say. It's resilience. It's not something that can be taught. You develop it. And I know you're like, okay, already, can I get the quote? So you, as you've noticed, I give a lot of context to um, anything. A lot of my thoughts, I try to give as much context as possible because I'm very aware of the fact that not everybody believes the same way. Not everybody has had the same experiences or been exposed to uh, the same things. So because I say one thing, um, you might not... Um, it receive it or interpret it in the same way that it's meant um a friend of I, of mine was we were having a discussion we were talking about developers now this person is um from india of indian descent and we were discussing a few things and we were talking about like a when the developers at Facebook were trying to do the fact checking um, about the um, to in, in in fear of fake news, but I, I was asking my friend even then. So what? How do you decide what's real and what's not? How are you when you check facts? Whose facts are they? Like, who are you checking? Like, how can you decide that? Because he and I, we have a lot of conversations about um, just perception. If you're a developer checking facts and you're meddling in somebody's Facebook post, or even worse, you're one of these fake security people that's reading through my text messages on Twitter or through my T-Mobile account or something like that. If I put down in a text and I say, girl, last night he was the bomb. Okay, so if I've got some in 
Indian developer or security specialist who doesn't understand anything about my culture, doesn't understand anything about me, doesn't understand anything about the person I'm talking to or the way that we speak to each other, then how are they going to interpret that? It was the same thing that I had uh, with a, a lady that I had met at a conference who was just so gung-ho about saving women who were being trafficked on the streets. And we've got to save these women. But she had such hostility and hatred, like for anybody that hadn't been in that situation. You know, like, well, how could they understand it? And it's like, so there was so much hostility there and she was so caught up in. And I guess it was because um, she had previously lived that life she had recovered from it and I see this a lot in people who have gotten to the other side where they have a set solution for how you can do it and if you on any level hesitate or don't see that all those steps are necessary for you then there's a violent pushback on you they forget that you're somebody they're trying to help and now they need to destroy you because you have messed with their beliefs about how things can be fixed and it's like, so this woman was so gung-ho about the sex trafficking and all this. So, yeah, like they were able to take down a lot of pimps. But really, you can't have a pimp who is a man or woman who allows other people to go out and work for them and bring the money back. You can't have one of those unless you have a willing participant who's bringing the money back. And it's like, and, and I talk to a lot of women on the streets. Um, for a while, as I was uh, what I call couch surfing homeless, um, I met women in plenty of circumstances. And I met a lot of women who saw um, what they, the way that they lived in their lifestyle as getting the good parts of life, um, as getting bills paid. Um, I met a young woman who dated older men, preferably married um, older men. And her excuse for dating married men is so that when she did not feel like dealing with them, she could cut them off, and if they continued trying to mess with her, that she could let their wives know that she had been dealing with them. So she kind of was had it set up so that she was winning both ways. But um, so who is who's wrong or who's right when it comes to this young woman in her life? The way that she was living, she saw that it worked well for her. She was making money. She had money in a bank account. She had a nice car, a nice house. Now, I don't have any of that stuff. I don't live like that. I can't even imagine what I would possibly say to a man I just met that would have him giving me money for car notes and house payments. That's just not the way my brain works. Now, I might meet a man and we can sit down and think of some ways to build a business or ways that we can structure certain things, but it would never occur to me to say, um, do you think you could give me some money to pay this bill? I know I just met you, but... The way that I believe doesn't make what she's doing wrong. The way that this woman believed didn't make what this woman was doing or what this young lady was doing was wrong. But it's literally the way you see things that determines what you see as a viable solution or not. If you give up today, the effort you made before will be lost. Pretty powerful, huh? Do some deep reflecting on that because it's really powerful. 
And it kind of drives home the point that I'm always making, not only about the bounce back and the resilience and the necessity of moving forward, even when you don't feel like you can, knowing that as you take that step forward, that that new beginning is going to be coming to meet you. It's like... Not only does it reinforce that, but it also reinforces that everything you are in this moment comes from every single effort, thought, belief, every bit of you, every second of every day leading up until this moment. So you're constantly creating. It's like I saw this um, quote, a quote from an Abraham Hicks uh, conference. Uh, life is always in motion. So how can you be stuck? And that's the thing. It's like because we're always in motion even when we can't see it. And that's why I say your thoughts are so important. Because as you're planting that seed there and you moved on to the next thing. And then it's like we forget sometimes because we either go, oh, that's not going to happen for me. I'm not seeing any results of that. So we immediately, oh, we give up. Oh, I don't see any results of that. Well, I made five calls yesterday, but I haven't seen any results from that. My business isn't moving forward. Well, I tried to have a conversation with my boyfriend. It just ended in an argument. Uh, I'm done with that. It's like there's that. that will, but if you stop right now, then all of the effort that you put into it up until now is for naught. And it means that you've taken all of those days or those hours or those, the, the time and the energy that you put into making that, to wanting to see that come to fruition. Every moment that you put into it would just be for nothing. And so then you look back over all the times and the days and the hours that you wasted that you said, no, I couldn't, I can't make that engagement because I've got this to do. No, I can't make your game or, or, or listen in to your webinar because I'm really busy doing this. And you've taken away moments from other people where they could have been experiencing you. And you've taken that away because you're so focused on putting the effort into this one thing. And then when you hit a wall or you don't feel that it's going the way that you thought it would be or you're not getting with the results that you thought that you would get, and then you immediately go, uh, that's not working. And you start tearing it down, tearing it down, tearing it down. You might plant the seed and say, well, you know, this year I'm going to see a difference in my a business. I'm going to do this or I'm going to, I'm going to, my relationships are going to be healthier. I'm going to be healthier this year. Then the first time that you slip up and maybe you have a disagreement um, with your husband or there's a problem with the finances, then you fall right back into that same old pattern and habit again. And it seems more comfortable to just stay in it than to really make the effort and pull yourself forward into the and staying on that path of getting what you say that it is that you want. It's like, and I, I think that uh, when I when I read this quote, it struck a nerve with me because it's so much that 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 quiet mantra that my subconscious whispers to my mind on a daily basis that I was not even didn't even realize and hadn't been privy to the conversation until that moment when I read that quote. 
And it's something, apparently, a seed that I had planted long, long ago at the beginning of the chaos and the disorder that said, I know who I am. And I know that it doesn't matter what other people say about me or what that I'm not capable of doing or what I never did or what I didn't get right. It doesn't matter because I know who I am and I'm going to keep moving forward and I'm going to allow to fall away from me the people who do not see me in the highest light, the men who do not see see me as a woman that is worthy of being committed to. The clients who do not see me as the person that they want to spend their money to invest in their growth with. The other business people who do not see that it's worthy time to invest in networking with me. Let it go. There's 8 billion people on the planet. Really, I need 80 a year to live the life of my dreams. So anybody that's not on the party train, Drive past them at the bus stop. It doesn't matter. Keep moving forward to the time of your your life. It's like, and that's the thing, and that's what we get so caught up in. I really believe that that's why the, there's such that panic or that push for authenticity online. Because for so long, there wasn't. And it's like, especially coming online and trying to run your business online, there's so many, well, I'm supposed to do it this way. Even when you see, like, the social media postings. Now, like with Twitter, there's people on Twitter 24 hours a day. But every posting, every article that you read is of the same thing and the same posting times these are the times to post on Twitter so then everyone conforms and posts only on those times at Twitter well what about the rest of the day what about the rest of the hours in that 24 that you're not posting does that mean that things shut down on Twitter no it just means that people are talking about stuff that you're not talking about so it's like everyone's online like lemmings trying to conform and trying to do what they think is one of the reasons why I started this uh, car program and it's talking about content marketing and automating your business and, and, and networking is talking about that in theory, but it's also about doing it in the way that works for you and that works sense for, or that makes sense for the way you're trying to run your business so that you can create the lifestyle that works for you. It's like that's what people aren't getting. It's why I have insisted on having individualized coaching. I don't have a cookie cutter a, a, a set. Well, when people come in and this is what I do, and that's why when people ask me, well, what do you do? I help busy grown-ups parent themselves while they're out uh, changing their corner of the world. That's what I do because I remind the healers that you got to heal yourself. Um, I was on uh, Instagram earlier this morning and someone, one person that I follow, really enjoy their blog. They're like a hardcore vegan. I'm not. I'm a hardcore beef eater. But hey, we found common ground. I like the chick's post. And so she made a comment today talking about how, you know, she was cocooning because how you just, when you're healer you go out you're healing the world and you just get so exhausted with it and then so you have to come back in and kind of cocoon and self-nurture yourself and I totally got it like I gave her the high five the 100 but at the same time as I was reflecting and it's why I do what I do. It's I see this all the time, especially in people that consider themselves healers or coaches and the metaphysical or people in the personal development. A lot of them, a lot of times, it's like there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of disconnect there because they're kind of terrified that people are going to find out that they're not as together as they're out there telling other people to be. And it's like so... 
I kind of want to learn from somebody who's actually made mistakes and who's not afraid to talk about it. It's like I know that there were a lot of coaches who felt pressured into LLCing their business because that was the thing to do. We started having education jump online and um, it wasn't enough to mess up just kids in the classrooms. They had to jump online and start trying to structure the way we educated online. Remember a couple years ago, even back like 2010, 2011, you can jump online for a free uh, teleseminar about all kinds of topics. Then it went to, well, this is our group. Join our community. Then it went to pay for our community. And it was all to keep up with this certification and licensing that was coming online from the education system. And this, we had all these people online trying to find a different way to figure out how to fix themselves because that old way wasn't working. And so I didn't feel that I had to buy into that. You know what I coach? I coach on what I've lived through. I coach on the marketing stuff that I had to learn by trial and error because it was the only way I could figure out to tell people about my business and what I do. So I teach from what I learned. It's like um, I had a background offline in marketing and in advertising in the entertainment industry. So I knew how to do PR and all of that. When I brought it online, I brought some elements of that, but I also found new ways of connecting and communicating with people based on how they were interacting online. I didn't do a cookie cutter recipe. And it's like, and that's the thing, and it's like, and I encourage people that I work with, um, when we talk about the cocooning and having to heal, I think cause the disconnect there is you're not supposed to be the healer of somebody else. What you are is the conduit for that person to bring forth their own healing. When you run around trying to be the healer, then you're making it in your control whether somebody heals or not. And it's not in your power and your control. It lies only within that other person. And we can sometimes do a disservice when we're trying to heal so you just want to make sure that your healing or your method of healing doesn't stand in the way of somebody else's being healed or in their growth. I do see that a lot of times people are so enamored with their modality, whether it's a religion or meditation or whatever, and they're just it's like uh, like I said with the vegan. Like there are so many people that I meet that are so enamored with how great your life can be if you're a vegan, and it's like and so I totally appreciate their um, enthusiasm, their gung ho. It has never changed the way that I feel about beef and the way that I feel about what works for me in my life, what gives me energy, what makes me feel good. And it's like so... And I understand that eating is a very small and minuscule part of my life and of my day. Like I spend on average maybe three hours a day eating out of 24. So it's not something that should take up that much space. And it's like, and in the same way that um, not eating meat will give me more energy, well, hey, I'll get my ass in a gym might give me more energy too. So there's a thousand different ways to do things. And sometimes we get so enamored with our solution or our modality that we're convinced that if someone doesn't do it the way we believe that like we can get angry at them um I was telling a friend the other day I was at a conference a couple years ago and there was a young lady there who was talking about like irritable bowel syndrome or something I don't have it but she was talking about it she was implying that there are certain things that we ingest that keep us from digesting health healthfully um like meat and so um I totally appreciated her presentation and her enthusiasm. Like I said, I didn't have any of those issues. And even if I had them, 
time, I have a different perspective on life and on living, on longevity. So there, I don't panic about certain things that other people panic about when it comes to like health. I'm a very strong believer, like I said, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a very strong believer that we are spiritual beings in a physical body. So in the same way that when the winter time is over, I happily put away that big heavy coat and go grab a sweater for the spring, I assume that I have many more outfits left to change into. So I do not, there's certain things about life in this physical existence that I don't have to cling to. Like, you know, like people, I'm a cigarette smoker people say oh my god you smoke cigarettes it's gonna kill you well you know what um i could be in the wrong elementary school and somebody could kill me i could go to somebody's work in the morning and have a disgruntled employee come in and kill me i could step across the street and get hit by a bus and it could kill me so there's a million ways that i could die on any given day so we're always well, kind of shooting the dice and it's a crapshoot every single day so what i tell people as opposed to thinking of the thousands of ways that I could possibly die how about I just focus on how great it is to live up until the moment I'm not anymore and that's just kind of my philosophy on life but I digress. But when we get into that excitement, like and like I said, that's my belief about things. I don't have, I don't try and push it on anybody. I would never tell somebody who was diagnosed with cancer or something. Uh, so what? It's just an ailment. Move through it. Still live life without it. Like I would never presume to tell somebody that. Like I don't know what they're going through. I don't. That's not the existence that I'm living or being in. So I can't prescribe what somebody else should do in that. It's like, but I do know that there are multiple modalities for any given situation that can help you. Or that if you're open to it, that can at least start you down a path of healing or help or whatever. So I can say, hey, well, did you try this place? Or you could point, or here's some resources. But I would never presume beyond that. Now, my particular modalities, mine's a mashup. I pull from things that have worked by me trying to do it and it working for me. Okay, it goes in the toolbox when it stops working for me then I take it out it does not mean that if it's not in my personal toolbox that I can't offer it to others as maybe a lifeline that would help them um I always have a story that I tell people that um a friend of mine, she had this huge box of Wayne Dyer tapes, and she said she kept the cassette tapes, and she, like, could not listen to them. Like, she said, I just could not listen. I could not listen. And so um, I had been actually listening to them. When I moved, I gave them to her. It was just not something that clicked with her on any level, and she ended up giving them to someone, that a co-worker of hers, and it changed this person's life. This person was like on drugs, they were doing all kinds of stuff. This woman did a complete 360. Her life is like vibrant now. And her and my friend, like, are they really close friends and everything? Simply because. So I'm having a conversation with someone who is laughing about my desperate need for context whenever I speak. And um, we had a good laugh about it. This is somebody who's known me for a while. And um, I can laugh about it now, but only because I've been through the experience of just really crazy being taken out of context. I remember, um, I believe it was like 2011, 2012. This was actually about two weeks before the Trayvon Martin uh, trial um, of, I can't remember the guy's name who shot him, but it was like two weeks before his trial. And I went to a conference where I was the only, mm, 
melanin blessed in the room. And um, so I had been doing a series of videos leading up to that where I had been talking about in my Stand Up, Stand Out and Shine program where I was uh, talking about um, being careful of putting labels on yourself or other people. And when you are putting labels on yourself, put labels that are empowering. And so what I had been saying in that series of videos was that based on my previous history and my, that's a whole nother episode but you can definitely go back in the some of the previous um podcast where I've talked at great length about um, some of the stress that I felt going through the criminal justice system, um, being charged with a crime where I literally was just in a car with somebody and it turned my life upside down for 12 years. And so um, I had been saying in the context of this man who took Trayvon Martin's life, he took this young man's life based on his beliefs that he had been taught about other people. And what I was saying was you don't have the right to hurt or attack another person based on what you've been taught to believe. That's your belief and it's contained within your life and your belief system but you can't impose it on someone else. And this man imposed it on Trayvon Martin in a way that took his life because this young boy had a hood on his head. So one of the videos I had actually, I was standing outside and I was recounting something that had actually happened to me that day as I was walking my dog and I was wearing a hoodie um standard early morning um, uniform if you work from home and you're out walking the dog. So I had a hoodie and sweatpants on. And two women who spoke to me all the time, older, uh, non-melanin women, who, um, when I had the hoodie on that day, and I was moving kind of fast because it was kind of cold, they both almost instinctively, like, literally stepped off into the street, off the sidewalk to avoid me. And and so, and we got through it. I happened to look up at the last moment. Um, they recognized my face as well as my dog. So it ended with us exchanging pleasantries, good morning, and we went on about our way. Um, but I had mentioned it in the video. And a great part of what I was saying during that whole series was about how labels should be worn on the inside. We carry around so many labels on a daily basis. Sometimes those labels are simple, like uh, only child or oldest daughter. But sometimes those, or, or maybe um, co-worker or business owner. Like we have labels that are benign that we put on ourselves, but sometimes... When we dig a little deeper, there are other labels that we put on ourselves. Not good enough, um, in, um, can't get it right, unlovable. We, these are labels that have that we haven't even necessarily put on ourselves, but that we've ingested from others. And I say that, and I mean that when I say ingested, as in we've taken in, we've eaten up other people's beliefs about who we are. And so this, and like I said, when I went to this conference, you could tell we were talking about the video, and, and I was actually told by one um, lady that was there that it made her uncomfortable, my line of talking, that I was talking about the Trayvon Martin um, incident. And it could be, I don't know, but it could be that because my conversation was so uncomfortable because those were not the conversations that were taking place in groups of people that 
were non-melanated. Those were not regular conversations that were being had. That um, because I see a young black man with a hood on, it doesn't mean he's dangerous. And it's like those were not conversations that were being held in those other rooms. And what they were not understanding, and maybe because it had been a couple of months since it had actually happened, but they were not understanding the context in which I was saying that because... It made their groups uncomfortable, but it was in my culture and in my community, it was the only thing that anybody was talking about. And that's who I was there to serve in my um, furthering my per, uh, public speaking, in my desire to get better at public speaking. It was so that I could bring back to my community and my culture a different perspective. And that was kind of blocked. I walked into that room and um, I was told by um, one of the marketing people of the person who was giving me the event that you have so much presence, but it wasn't said like it was a good thing. And by the time I left that event, um, I'm still not sure what happened. But what I do know and what I was notified by YouTube is that that same marketing person who was also offering her services as a video editor during the event and at a, as, at a discount for, those, for us participants, this person in disproving of my presence, had loaded my personal growth video about uh, putting labels on yourself and other. She had loaded it with, from what I understand from YouTube, secret keywords all about NCOs and Monsanto and how people shouldn't eat meat. None of, nothing that had anything to do with, one, what I believe, two, what I live, or three, what I teach or speak to others. But this person had put hidden labels on me that would not only prevent me from getting the results that I was uh, trying to see in my video and with my coaching program, but would also redirect my video into a crowd that would not be interested in hearing what I was saying. And it's like, and that's why I always say it's like, it's it's one thing to put a label on yourself, but like I said, we sometimes we ingest labels because you what would make you ever say look in the mirror and say I'm not good enough. I can't do it. This isn't possible for me. When if you look around, there's a million people that it's already been possible for. So if you had not ingested, as in swallowed whole, somebody else's beliefs about who you were or what you were capable of, then how far would you be right now? How far ahead would you be in your life if you decided what labels were placed? Courtney, it's great getting in touch with you again. It's been a while. Um, yeah, no, I really appreciate you calling in. I'm definitely going to feature your call on my next episode. So I'll go over all that and uh, and such. But yeah, the London girls, they're ridiculous. I don't think they're serious, and I really hope they're not like little kids because I can't really filter them out from my content. But who knows? Either way, it was a funny call-in. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that you are still here active on Anchor. And um, if you want to collab on something in the future, we should definitely do it. Let's talk soon. Hey, what's up, bro? What's good? Glad to hear from you. It's like, uh, yeah, I've been tuning into the YouTube show. 
good stuff, man. Like, good content. Um, yeah, very definitely still on Anchor. Love the community. Uh, great content. And so many different genres, too. Great content. Um, I've been following the cannabis news a little bit. Um, talking to a few local bud tenders here in Colorado. Pretty mind-boggled by sessions just as a whole. And I'm sure you've got a professional opinion. Love uh, conversating with you. So a collabo should definitely be in the works. Um, I will hit you up this week. Again, appreciate the call-in. I love what you're doing. Love the show, dude. So yeah, keep keep it up. Um, I will hit you up this week. So yeah, that's my go-to for understanding how the cannabis industry fits into and is uh, seeing results from the creative economy. So uh, if you're interested in the cannabis industry, how it works, uh, like from the business side of it, then definitely tune in to uh, Hustle Cannabis. Yeah, good content, good stuff, uh, good work. Like he's uh, taking it really seriously. So yeah, like I said, my go-to. Appreciate it, bro. Hey Courtney, this is Danielle over at Black Healing Matters and I just wanted to come through and quick show you some love and support and say thank you very much for favoriting our station. I really hope that um, you can come through and get value from our content as I have definitely come through and listened to you and I'm, in, I'm really enjoying what I'm hearing. So keep up the great work and again thank you very much and as always Happy Holidays and Black Healing Matters. Woohoo! Shout out to Danielle at Black Healing Matters. Thanks for the call in. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I've been tuning in uh, to the show. I really love the positivity. Um, really, really enjoyed the uh, series that you did on the uh, anxiety and fear busting yesterday. Fear busting 101 people um, was awesome. So I will definitely be tuning in. Happy New Year and happy holidays to you. Um, like I said, love the content. And you got one of the most soothing voices too. So I will definitely be tuning in uh, this year and uh, this month, listening to all the episodes. Um, just great content. Just very candid, uh, very insightful. So I'm looking forward to upcoming episodes. So yeah, like, you know, it's all about getting into that mindset. And I talk a lot about like the, the mental, emotional, and psychological that it takes to really be um, a, a, a very confident and successful solo entrepreneur in the creative economy. And a lot of what goes along with that is mindset. And it's what I talk a lot about. And um, again, Black Healing Matters, great show. And it's it just, uh, it gets, it goes down to the nitty gritty about a lot of the mindset that can hold us back. And again, love the positivity. So, Daniel, thanks so much for the call in. I appreciate it and I will be tuning in. So, yeah, uh, tune in, guys. Black Healing Matters. Thanks again, Daniel. I tell you, one of the reasons that I love what I do so much is that I'm always coming in contact with the coolest people. Like I say, there's 8 billion people on the planet. So if you're not enjoying the people that you're hanging out with, then you should be hanging out with us here on Anchor. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, I just want to take a few minutes and I just want to shout out to all the people that have favorited the station. Um, a lot of times when I get on here and you might be able to tell, but I'm just pretty random. Like I jump on when something is kind of like, if I'm having a conversation, I think, 
should share this with my anchor people. It's like if I'm having a conversation, something kind of goes through my mind. I kind of just jump on and just kind of ramble a little bit. And so I do forget sometimes that I'm not just talking to myself. So it's definitely appreciated when I get the favorites and when people call in. So please call in, leave comments. I definitely will comment back and I'm always hanging out on people's shows. it lurking I call it listening in for the good stuff it's like and that's why I love anchors so I just want to give quick shout outs um first to I am Callie Boy Jones awesome I've been like trying to check it out I'm going because I do when people favorite or like my station I do go listen to uh, their show and not just whatever I like actually try and go back and listen to previous episodes if they uh, have them so we'll definitely be tuning in to I am Callie Boy Jones What's good, Cali Boy Jones? Also saying what's up to Aunt Capone, who, if you just tune in just for his little intro song, where he is singing his own interpolation of the Friends song, or Thank You for Being a Friend, remember from the Golden Girls? This dude is hilarious. I said I was only going to listen to just a little bit, because I was trying to get through this whole list of people here, but this, he's like funny, like really funny, and it doesn't seem like he's like trying to be funny. It's just literally, and that's what I love about anchor like some of the the most awesomeness literally comes from people just randomly being themselves that's what i'm saying who needs labels when you just got awesome that's it so go check out aunt capone's uh uh, station it's awesome also i want to say what's good to cake forge as well as the embrace black podcast who's got some really really um good stuff i've been like tuning in also um shout out to working like a woman go check out their podcast like it's, it's awesome like I'm going through all this stuff and so now I've got like a whole list for this week of what I'll be listening to because I do listen to a lot of podcasts um right now if I was to take a picture of like my podcast like what's loaded up in the queue I have enough to last me about three weeks in the event of a zombie apocalypse and I'm always adding new podcasts because people have really interesting things to say. So that's why I'm tuning in. So also wanted to say shout out and thanks for the call in to Teddy Brown as well as B-Boy Mario Kart Show, which I've actually been tuning into. And Go Ball or FFS. It's like a sports show. I'm not really that into sports, although I'm surrounded by athletes. And this show makes the sports accessible. And these guys actually seem like they like it and know what they're talking about. So if you're sports fan definitely go check out go baller ffs um i've been tuning into the sample show and jay moats so good looking and shout out to uh, both of those for listening in as well as domo sama and the anchor nation and uh there's a few more on here that i've been like so don't be surprised so i'm gonna give you the disclaimer now if i just pop up in your dm or something i'm like hey want to be on my show let's talk about some cool stuff hey i was listening to your show and i like what you said about do you want to come talk about it on my show like don't be surprised if you get those pop-ins okay because i'm all about that this week um this week i'm not only finding more cool people to talk about but i'm gonna try and bring them on here so they can talk to you too so you can get an idea of why i think they're so cool 
So again, I'm going to finish a shout out. Shout out to the blogging podcast, as well as Constant Evolution, The Simple Show, and Angie Ray. Angie Ray's got some good stuff too. She did a shout out um, last week. So, um, and I actually went to the show and um, was listening in. So, um, and always trying to stay up to date on the, uh, the new episodes that everybody has. So keep the good stuff coming. I will be listening in. I also... Um, have a tendency to share. I'm one of those people who use Twitters to retweet other people's awesomeness. So don't be surprised if you see your podcast floating out there on my Twitter feed. Thanks and uh, good looking. Hey, Courtney, this is Kelly Dees from Embrace Black Podcast. This is my first time calling into your station, but I was listening to your bounce back resilience segment and I wanted to chime in on it. So sister, you are 100% correct in that you know, the your ability to, to pick yourself back up and to put yourself on the road to success of whatever it is that you're doing, once again, is sometimes is way more efficient and more effective than wallowing in your sorrow or, you know, putting yourself in a situation to kind of just feel sorry for yourself. Um, I, from personal experience, know that as you get older and as you experience more situations where you have to and are required to bounce back, you um, you have the ability to do it more frequently and to do it more effectively. And it becomes something that you're kind of comfortable with. And it's nothing wrong with that. It just shows that you have learned from your mistakes and that you know, whatever is in your control, you're controlling it and you're doing it in a way that's effective for your particular route in life. So thank you so much, sister, for um, for that segment. I definitely enjoyed it. And by all means, if you want to come over to Embrace Black and listen to some of my content and join the discussions, I would totally appreciate it. Once again, thank you so much. Shout out and peace and blessings, my sister. Welcome to uh, Kelly D's from Embrace Black Podcast. Um, I appreciate the call in. Uh, thank you so much. You're. A, I, I talk so much with people about the resilience and the bounce back, and like you said, the mistakes. It's in the learning from the mistake that the growth comes. And I think that so many times if we've made mistakes in our past and um, maybe we've been reprimanded or punished and we're afraid to try again because we just assume it's not going to work or that we should have never tried it to begin with and that if this was how it was going to end up. And I always tell people, just like in a movie, mistake. Let's just try it again in a different way. So a lot of times we get stuck in that wallowing because we're beating ourselves up for the mistake. And we get we can get in such a dark place that we can't see other avenues other options other possibilities and we're so caught up in how that mistake makes us wrong in our mind that it literally the fear can become so powerful that it can stop your feet from moving forward so um yeah thanks so much for not only recognizing that but for the call in i will say i have dropped by the embrace podcast space and i am enamored with your pillow talks <laughs> so i will say um one of the last ones that you did when we were talking about just the pervasiveness of the mindset that allowed uh harvey weinstein and some of the other men that have been accused to kind of run roughshod for quite a while and being able to 
do it in such a free way and not even feeling like they would be stopped or um, and, and I'm glad that you pointed out that this is a pervasiveness it's not just in entertainment or in one industry but kind of a pervasiveness as a mindset in um, a lot of men so definitely interesting I will be dropping by um, the Embrace uh, Black podcast and hopefully we can get some good dialogues going um, love what you do girl keep putting your two cents in because it's adding up to dollars it's like yeah I like what you're doing love your content so um, yeah thanks for stopping by peace and blessings oh yeah I don't get tired I want them dead presidents that's right so it's Tuesday back to the grind back to the side hustle it's like it's all good so you know I get a lot I'm always talking about how I work with solo entrepreneurs micro entrepreneurs small business owners um you know and I focus a lot um on the mindset I do um it's very definitely a a three-pronged approach and a three-part package when especially entrepreneurs entrepreneurship not only the mindset of entrepreneurship as well as the mechanics of the getting the day-to-day done and um, do the, some of those intangibles uh, that really make or break you uh, the lead the qualities like leadership your ability to connect with others your level of emotional intelligence so there's a lot of elements that go into it to really be successful and then all there's also there's a required element of authenticity and just being comfortable in your own skin, being comfortable to get out there and really just kind of do your thing and be in your own lane and create your own lane if necessary. And especially in this creative economy, where as it's predicted by 2024, it will be more than 70% of the workforce will be a part of the creative economy. So it's where you're really, you're not, it's that traditional punching the clock nine to five is kind of, you know, it's going its way in certain um, industries, certain areas. We're seeing more and more automation. So if you're choosing this lifestyle, what I call the digital lifestyle, but if you're choosing not only the digital nomad lifestyle, but that creative economy lifestyle where you're trying to get a jump ahead on this, you want to really be successful, whether that's in freelancing, whether that's in really stepping out there and being innovation in um, new software and new ways of, of living and doing and being and thinking, whether you're at the forefront of that, you're, you're stepping out there, um, like th- that's this is the creative economy, like welcome to it, baby. So it's like that's it, and it's like I'm really getting a jump on it to be really successful. So often I get the question just so often, like, what does being an entrepreneur really mean? And so, you know, and I touched on it a little bit, um, just in, in not only creating your own lane, but just knowing, like, you know, I've got this idea, this passion, this this creation that I have to bring to fruition. And like I said, whether that's an app, whether that's a software, like whether you've got a big initiative that you want to do, whatever that is that you're bringing to the forefront, that you're creating, that it's like your baby, you know, it's something that you cannot ignore. And it's like, that's, and you're willing to just really step into it and do what it takes to make it happen, then that to me is entrepreneurship. You're taking full 100%, what I say, the rooter to the tutor. It's like you're doing it all, whether it's making the sales calls, reaching out and connecting with people, whether you understand what a marketing and sales funnel is, whether you understand what engagement is, like you're out there networking, talking to people on uh, Instagram, you're out there connecting with people, reaching out to people that are in your industry or in similar industries, and or people that you admire, whether it's through their leadership or their uh, leadership qualities and characteristics, whether it's the way they're handling their business, whether it's something that you emulate or would like to know more about 
out, but being able to reach out there, connect with people, talking to people. If you've got a product or service, being able to convert in a way that feels authentic, that doesn't feel all salesy and all fake, but really just doing you and, you know, like in your own lane, creating your own lane if you have to. So sometimes, you know, I give the, I go to my standby favorite definition sometimes when people ask me that question. And it's from dictionary.com. And it, is, it expounds a little bit on what I just said. It's uh, Their definition is a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, and usually with considerable initiative and risk. You hear that? Okay, so let me break that down in people speak. Okay, so an entrepreneur is somebody who is organizing and managing any enterprise. I don't care if that's what you're putting out mixtapes, if you're running, if you're trying to create a new app that's going to save lives, if you're trying to create an initiative that's going to bring food to the uh, hungry or save animals. I don't care what it is, but if you're putting it down, you're putting your time, your energy, your effort, you're investing all of these. And it's like, and you're really taking on, you're taking considerable initiative, but you're also taking on the risk that it might not fail you're willing to go into it hands and heart open and you're making shit happen then dude you're an entrepreneur and it's like and that's what you're doing you're making it happen so um just you know keep that in mind even when it's craziness and i will say i'll add a little bounce back to that the resilience to know that hey if it doesn't work one way then boop let's try it another and while I love that definition of dictionary.com, because it really does, it's, uh, it, it sheds a lot of light on just some of the risks that come with attempting to run a business or an enterprise. And it's like there's just the high risk altogether involved in launching a startup. Um, just a significant proportion of businesses in general, more than 49%, have to close due to lack of funding, bad business decisions, an economic crisis, lack of market demand man or a combination of all of these and more so um, I really like to showcase examples a lot of times just because there are those people who despite knowing of all those risks and all those odds are still out there beating the odds or at least attempting to and like I said that's where that bounce back comes in that resilience like okay that didn't work let's try it another way but never assuming that we won't get to the end goal or to an end goal you know that's going to be bigger or better than what we're even trying to imagine so it's like you know just really putting it in place and so I talk a lot about looking at individuals who do innovation that risk-taking through just genuine curiosity that well what if or like I wonder if we try it this way but just really you know just be that are without even trying maybe that are stepping into this creative economy and just really being um engines of growth you know so i'm always on the look at always excited about that so and always looking for new perspectives on that idea of entrepreneurship because like i said one of the things that i talk about a lot is uh the mindset of entrepreneurship because it, it really is like it's kind of that I'm in it to win it and I'm out here on my own even if I've got you know you like you want to build a strong team a nice network but at the same time at the end of the day you're in it to win it and you're on your own it is what it is so it's like and when you're really serious about it especially when you're just starting out that can be the way that it goes so 
um, that's just some of the stuff. And so this article that I found, like I said, I'm always, uh, I talk about the mindset. And, and one part of that mindset is as opposed to just thinking about what do I need to do as an entrepreneur, but it's, it's really more of a state of being. So I am being an entrepreneur as I need to be to make things move forward in this enterprise or in this business or in this deal or on this idea or this connection. So whatever it's required, it's like, but really stepping into that and saying, and I always use, you know, just a little simple, like little mind, Jedi mind trick. But it's like, you know, so in this instance, who do I have to be? Like if I say that I'm an entrepreneur, I'm trying to make this happen in my business, I want to take it to the next level, then who do I have to be in this instance if I need to up-level or if I need to make this deal or if I need to contact this person? Then it might be reaching out on Twitter. It might be, hey, saying what's good if I see them out at a networking event or some industry event, but really just putting forward. It might be creating a new program or, or launching like I'm getting ready to do. So it's, there's so many different aspects that might be required. And and, and just really kind of after a while getting into that intuitive kind of uh, into that space of where you, you feel what's required next. And it's like and what's required in that moment to be as you need to be to move your business forward. And that's a great part of entrepreneurship. And so this article that I found and one of my favorite blogs, it's a uh, the psychology of marketing blogs and um, Seth Godin and... Um, and I'm trying to, th I can't think of the name of the blog right off the bat, but it's Seth Godin's blog. And I will put the link in the show notes. But um, he actually, as I've been thinking about this all week, and um, he I've noticed this uh, blog post, and he was actually talking about this very thing in the four elements of entrepreneurship. And so he also is very much, he gives a few examples of, like how I'm always saying, looking at the, the innovation, the curiosity, the risk-taking. So he does give a few examples here about about um, different aspects and different types of entrepreneurship. And then he talks about these four elements. One is the ability to make decisions. Um, two, the ability to invest in activities and assets that aren't a sure thing. And then the ability to persuade others to support a mission that doesn't have a guaranteed outcome. And then another one that he says is kind of difficult to pin down, but the ability to embrace instead of run from the work that's required in doing something that might not work. That's it, kind of in a nutshell. And I would also add to that that bounce back, bitches, because you need that to try plan B, C, D, and E if necessary. So check out the show notes and leave your note. You're leaving. And there you have it. So, all right, chickadees, I've been rolling with y'all all day. So I'm going to go ahead and roll up out of here. But before I do, I just wanted to um, say just a few words. And I wanted to go back to that uh, quote from earlier in the episode. And uh, like I said, this week's episode has been all about planting seeds. Um, getting not just planting the seeds, but like a true farmer, understanding the ground that you're putting the seed into, making sure that it's ready to receive those seeds. And then when you plant those seeds, planting it with the confidence that you don't have to look back, you don't have to stand over the plot of ground to see if it's growing, but to know that you planted seeds that are in their own time beginning to uh, take root and to form and to sprout. So all your job is, is to plant 
plant the seeds. You can't control how it grows. You can't control how fast it goes. But plant those seeds of success. Plant those seeds of confidence. Plant those seeds of encouragement in other people. Plant those seeds and then just keep it moving. And it's like, and the thing is, you'll look back and you'll have a whole forest of awesome that is just the life that you've designed for you. And it's like, and so that's the thing. It's like, I just wanted to remind you, and like that quote, if you give up today, the effort you made before will be lost. So don't let those seeds get uprooted. And it's like, and I know that there are times when you're just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. It's okay. Even the most together people, even the most successful, the most wealthy people have those days. So when you have one of those days, roll with it. Embrace it. Embrace just the fact that it's an opposite or contrast feeling from all the joy that you had yesterday. But just be in awareness that life is a continual wheel. So if it doesn't feel good right now, hold on and roll on and it will feel better. So like I said, put on your bounce back a suit if you just really don't think that you can do it any other way. But stay focused, keep your eyes on the prize and keep moving forward. That's it. This is the business of you, baby. And if you're not running it to your expectations, if you're not putting in the culture that you want in your business, if you are not looking for the customers for the business of you that enhance your business, that grow your business, and make you feel good about the work that you're doing, then what are you doing it for? That's it. So I'm Courtney Jones. And you're listening to Intelligent Change with Courtney. And I just want to remind you that you are awesome. So until next time, go be it. Peace.